from the Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. This is the show where I tell uh, improvised horror stories. I pull titles at random from, from a jar. And then I make up the stories as I go along. And if you want to submit any titles, you can send them to quarantinespookshow at gmail.com. tell with the camera provided, but I got hefty bags under my eyes, and lack of sleep during the past few weeks. Something I tried to do to uh, help me sleep was uh, listening to uh, audio horror stories uh, as I try to fall asleep. And it's not something that I've really done uh, since I started this show. But a fair amount of the stories were recently written, uh, within the past 12 months, certainly. And those some of those stories uh, definitely touched on themes that I've cross paths with uh, in this show uh, during the past year-ish. Things like plague fish fiction uh, and the terror of forced normalcy. And I find it very intriguing that uh, all these writers, including myself, uh, stumbled onto these themes without really associating each other, associating with each other. Now a lot of people are going through very similar turmoils, uh, each a different flavor, each a different situation. but certainly enough common denominators to uh, have a shared experience. Anyway, I just thought it was intriguing. So in the meantime, I'll be pulling uh, horror story titles. So let's get to it. This story is called, The Witch Who Lives in My Backyard.
It's been a number of years uh, since I've seen my great uncle. He didn't get along with his brothers, uh, including my grandfather. children of his own. He didn't really jive with his nieces and nephews. But during family events, he always took a taking to me. Now, personally, I didn't really pay him any mind, you know. Sitting in a crowded living room, uh, you know, playing some Pokemon games on my Game Boy Color. We would either, during the course of my childhood, I'd either play a first or, gen first or second generation Pokemon game, some Mario games, a uh, pinball. Game Boy games didn't have the widest of selections. To a child, it couldn't be a more vast expanse. And I'd always tell my uh, great uncle about these Game Boy games. He'd be intrigued by them. Looking back, I think he was curious about what the up, the up-and-coming generation was up to. What they prioritized in the form of entertainment. What compelled them? You know, whenever I talk to anyone in my family about him, they would just say, oh, we did nothing but complain, and blah, blah, this, and government and that. But all my, fa all my memories of him were really fond. I don't know if it was, uh, the youth of my childhood or just my personality, but, uh, as far as I knew, I just pretty much accepted him for who he was, and I think he recognized that. So when he died and left me 15 acres of his land uh, and his will, I was flabbergasted. we chat on Zoom, and I, uh, visited him a couple times in his last years, uh, but I certainly wasn't milking him for any sort of inheritance. If those 15 acres were all my own,
nice, cozy uh, apartment in Madison, Wisconsin, you know. Didn't have any grand prospects there. But the land he had was in Washington. Uh, in the region of the Northwest where I grew up. I never anticipated going back. With the exception of maybe my uh, elderly years when I ran out of things to do. quite want to pass up 15 acres of land. But truthfully, at the time, I didn't have any visions of building anything or using the land or something or anything. So when I thought about it, I was just like, you know, I'll accept the land. And I'll live on the 15 acres for a little while, you know. I had enough savings so I can, uh, Look for some sort of job out there. As far as I knew, we had a little farm there, so... Maybe I can utilize that for a source of income, and... I saw it as an adventure, you know. And if I decided that the plot of land in Washington wasn't my thing, then I could just sell it off, or something of the sort. thing I could never say is that I didn't try. And I remember, so I, I uh, packed my things in my uh, little Subaru and I just started driving cross country. I've only driven across the country uh, in a grand scheme a handful of times in my life. Once when I went on a road trip uh, when I was 17. couple times in my 20s, but, uh, at the age of 32, it felt, uh, there was a weight to it, you know. I wasn't just passing back and forth between the continent like a yo-yo, uh, flinging from east coast to west coast, Canada to Mexico or whatever. No, I was heading towards something that was waiting for me, and to be honest, the prospect truly excited me. was the rain. It was raining and cloudy when I got there. Even while I was driving through the Oregon Plains on the way there, I can see a vast distant storm cloud above the region, and I'll be like, uh huh, that, that looks familiar. there, the farm was pretty much a mess. Thankfully, he didn't have too many animals there. The animals uh, that were there were all of uh, relatively simple maintenance. Pigeons, quail, goats, 
couple of donkeys. And my great uncle's, uncle's neighbor uh, greeted me. some farming experience, but I certainly never operated a plot of land on my own. And he showed me around, you know, introduced me to all the animals, all the food and stuff in the garden they were that, uh, he was growing. And he just said he was a t uh, half mile off, so if I ever need any help, I could just, like, hit him up. Ask him some questions, uh, things that I should be aware of, uh, any advice for the upkeep of land, uh, I certainly wasn't seeking to expand, uh, but at least a decent maintenance, you know, had some ideas for on, on how to cultivate the garden, uh, and the neighbor said, yeah, well, yeah, I guess, uh, I guess you're probably gonna have to talk to Susie. So, uh, who's Susie? Then my new neighbor said, uh, well, Susie's, uh, well, she lives in the, she lives on land. Um, I don't quite know what kind of deal that she had, uh, with your uncle. Uh, it didn't, it certainly wasn't in writing, uh, from what I knew. But if you go down the hill there, near, in, uh, into the trees... You're gonna see her, uh, her tiny little cabin there, her shack, and, uh, well, I guess you can talk to her. Maybe you can come to some sort of arrangement. And I thought, huh, well, yeah, I guess I'll have to do that. first two days settling in. Uh, the first day was uh, getting to know my neighbor, uh, Herman. He talked about my uncle and how they uh, got along a fair amount, you know. And they would help each other out and like swap equipment and stuff. But that night I just had the heaviest of sleeps and, uh, you know, the next day I was kind of getting to know the immediate farm environment, uh, the animals, the, the garden, the house, trying to get into a rhythm of the daily maintenance, taking care of this property. Then on the third day, I uh, decided to visit the woman who was technically living on my backyard.
It's the first time I was at this property since I was a kid properly. Since I was a kid probably, and um... Yeah, I didn't really know the area that well, so when I went down that dark hill, it really didn't feel like the first time I was going down it. And the walk felt long, and I didn't quite understand why. very vividly. The Pacific Northwest has a way of it, uh, with all the rain, I suppose, it's, uh, it has a lot of very lush greens. Not quite as characteristic in other parts of the continent. All the moss and the trees and how tall they go. The sun's now not out and it's just raining and everything's wet. The leaves and the grass and the moss just have the most deepest hues of green. A slight twinge of blue. And at the right time of day, it can just be the most, you know, beautiful thing. Certainly, I can go on about the Pacific Northwest and its uh, regional beauty, but I did move away from it for a reason. Uh, still, it was nice to be back, and going, walking down that hill reminded me of its, uh, the mystique of the region, you know? Very uncanny. should have done this on the first day, but I didn't quite know the parameters of the property when I moved in. I guess I could call Herman and maybe, uh, maybe he can help me out, uh, setting up some pegs around the property, so just so I know, so I can memorize, uh, where the property is. My uncle had a lot of papers and records in his filing cabinet. So maybe I could find some sort of schematic or map or blueprint of the land, uh, maybe that'll help me out. But again, I wasn't sure. So once I started to get into the trees, it started to get darker. I saw the shack. You know, call me biased, but when I hear the phrase shack, I think of something very derelict or something. But when I saw it, it was it seemed extremely cozy. The structure seemed well built. Uh, the exterior felt well polished quite like a shanty or anything like that. Not quite as large as a cottage. But you can tell it was uh, well-maintained and preserved over the years. And the 
there's smoke coming out of a little chimney, so... Presumed a fire was going. So I knocked on the door, uh, waited a second. I could, uh, I could smell incense from inside the cabin. Footsteps shuffle around on a on a hardwood floor or a rug or something. The door opens and there she is, Susie herself. I didn't quite know what I was expecting when I met her. She had dark shades of black and brown on. A lot of jewelry on her wrists and around her neck. Her hair was in a bun and seemed a bit messy. And when she greeted me, she was brushing her teeth with, a, with a, an electric toothbrush. And I just kind of said, "Uh, hi. Uh, sorry. Are you are you just uh, are you going to bed?" And she said. Mm. toothbrush and then uh, spit it out beside me and she said no I'm just waking up and I was like oh okay cool well uh, anyway I'm Joel uh, nice to meet you and she was like yeah yeah you're uh yeah you're so you're the you're the you're the new dude now and I was just like uh yeah I guess I'm the new uh dude She was just like, well, you're Daniel's nephew, right? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, his nephew. Uh, you know, I inherited the land and stuff. So, yeah, I live here now. And she was just like, oh, yeah, she, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Daniel told me a lot about you. Uh, I guess we're technically neighbors now. Like, uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, uh, I guess that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. So I guess, uh, just to clarify, you are, like, on the, you know, the property and whatnot. And then she was just like, oh, who, uh, told you that? And I was just like, oh, well, uh, Herman, uh, lives, uh, like a mile down the road, uh, filled me in. And she was just like, oh, Herman, uh. Yeah, he never really seemed to like me. And I was like, oh, okay, um... Alright, well, I mean, you know, it's... I mean, I don't mind you, uh, you know, crashing on the property. Like, I think you're in the corner of it or something. Uh, I guess I just wanted to meet you and, uh, touch base, you know? Susie was just like, uh-huh, touch base and all that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, um, couldn't quite think of what else to say after that, you know. And I didn't really know this person, uh, I didn't really have a strong attachment to the property, uh, and I certainly didn't want to get in the way of her business. 
business or anything. And then Susie said, well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, there is like a schematic of the property, uh, somewhere in, uh, Daniel's house, so how about you and I, we can just go through it together and I'll show you where I'm at on the property and then, uh, maybe they'll put your mind at ease on, uh, the main maintenance and whatnot, you know. to turn the property into a set of condos, are you? And I laughed, and was just like, oh, no, no, uh, I, uh, I have no prospects. And then she kind of gave a light chuckle, like, oh, okay. And then I was just like, well, anyway, I'm gonna, I guess I'll get going, I just wanted to, yeah, just wanted to meet you and stuff. Susie was just like, you wanna, I'm gonna have breakfast, uh, I don't know if you ate dinner yet, but if you wanna come in, we can chat for a bit, get to know each other, you know, you're more than welcome to visit, and I was, and I said, yeah, sure, sure, I didn't really know anyone, uh, you know, in the area, so I was just like, yeah, might as well meet someone new, you know, a neighbor, She made a wicked cool eggs benedict and uh, made two for me. And she had some chickens in the back and she just harvested from them pretty much. she was pretty cool, you know. She was a bit older than me, but, uh, she also had younger cousins that would play a lot of Game Boy games, and we talked about Pokemon for a bit, uh, and we talked about bands, uh, she asked me what my favorite band was, and I was just like, oh, typo negative. And she was just like, oh, I love the I love the, uh, song, uh, We Were Electrocute. And I was just like, well, hot diggity, I like that song too. But yeah, she seemed cool, uh, upon talking to her and whatnot. And her pad was pretty stellar too. decorations, uh, a lot of spiritual artifacts from various religions. And I was just like, oh, uh, so I guess you're a religious person, and she was just like, uh, yeah, you can say that. And I was like, oh, what, what do you, uh, practice specifically? like, oh, well, I don't, uh, you know, I don't really, yeah, I don't think you get it, you know, and it's kind of a, 
more of a deep layer conversation. I don't really uh, chat about it with people I just meet. You know, my uh, spirituality is very personal. But maybe down the road we can talk about it more. You know. And I was just like, oh well, uh, I'm you know I'm atheist, so I don't really have a dog in the race. And then she laughed and said, everyone has a dog in the race, Joel. talked for a bit more after that, uh, some traveling stories, uh, stories of people we've met, some childhood experiences, and then, uh, then I decided to call it a night. uphill and see the little light on in the in the shack and I thought oh yeah I think it'd be cool to have Susie as a neighbor you know Susie seems cool you know Herman seems was cool too uh, maybe I'll explore the town uh, a little bit you know venture off property so I get back to the house and it's still really messy from uh, when my uh, great uncle Daniel lived there. And I've yet to clean it up. And again, he had an office, but it seemed to just spread all across the house, you know. Papers and maps in every room and stuff. water heater downstairs kept leaking so I had to because I had to call someone to fix that you know as I speak about it now it really seemed like the house was falling apart and I doubt uh, my great uncle really took the time to maintain maintain it uh, in his older days or even during his life in general I didn't quite I didn't quite want the brunt of that responsibility, but, uh, you know, I lived there and I had time to kill, so why not? So I started to do some cleaning throughout the night. And then I try to sleep. Uh, I usually lived in uh, busy towns or city environments, whatnot. It's about a large chunk of my youth living in Seattle. But while I was trying to sleep, I could keep hearing these uh, these gurgling sounds from outside. if it was like some sort of scratching or sound like a really big animal uh, vomiting or regurgitating something up.
I think it was coming from the trees, but the echo sounded like right next to it. it was right next to the house. I would imagine there were some predators around, you know, coyotes or something, or even like wild turkeys. Both have pretty menacing sounds at night, uh, if you have the proclivity of fear towards it. But these sounds were different. It certainly didn't sound like it from any animal that I've heard before. The sounds really seem like they blended with the wind. It kept me up for most of the night, and then I couldn't really fall asleep till like 4 a.m. And I got up at like 2 p.m. I had a neat little schedule that day, and it seemed to throw me off, so I kind of just spent the afternoon cleaning. jobs throughout his life, and then just uh, decided to coast on the farm in his old age. But he also had a variety of religious texts and philosophy books. Who knows, maybe he's trying to find something out about the world. But anyway, I felt really cranky the entire day. So what I decided to do was uh, go to a tavern that I saw in a Maps uh, in town called Schmitty's, you know. So it's like, yeah, I'll fucking, I'll fucking go to Schmitty's. Schmitty's was a pretty small bar, uh, talked into some woods tucked into some woods, and, uh, it seemed smaller from the outside. Actually, there are multiple rooms and expansions on the inside. Must have blended with the trees, like a lot of things out here. And I went in, a lot of people seemed like they were mostly loggers in town. So I got just some random pilsner and just started to drink. And I was chatting with strangers uh, who lived in town. Telling them I lived in, that I came from Wisconsin and I uh, told them my story and uh, when I tell them like uh, places I've traveled and whatnot, they uh, nod their heads politely and listen, but uh, ultimately they didn't seem too interested. 
when I was talking about what I was doing in town. And I talked about my Uncle Daniel. That's when their ears perked up. Oh, your uncle's Daniel, huh? This one uh, lager-looking dude uh, had the red flannel and everything. He said that to me. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, Daniel. And the guy laughed, and he was just like, oh, that guy's kind of a nut, right? And I was just like, oh, well, you know, he was uh, in the family. I didn't really know him too well. One woman standing, uh, standing near me was just like, oh, did you find any bodies yet? And I was just like, uh, no, I didn't find any, uh, no, I didn't find any bodies. And then she was just like, oh, I've heard some really fucked up stories there. people just like go to that place to help out on the farm you know just kids hitchhiking or whatever and then they just disappear you know there was a huge epidemic about it in the 80s and 90s they'd go to Tanyo's place and then they'd never be seen again this contradicted what I knew about uh, my uncle's place growing up in the 80s and 90s and staying at that farm a few times, and I was just like, oh, well, I've been there as a kid, and, you know, I didn't really, it seemed fine to me. And then one, uh, one guy was just like, ha, huh, you don't even, you don't even know, man. I mean, they do some fucked up shit over there, you know. See, there are people around here, uh, they're in a, uh, they're in a group. I don't know what they're called. I don't really know what they do. But I hear that they all gather around at Daniel's place. They participate in blood sacrifices uh, from random hitchhikers and whatever. And they also eat the corpse and uh, turn into dog meat. dog meat, that's a bit much. And then the guy was just like, okay, so animal feed, whatever, man, you know. Probably at least have to find some bones, you know, maybe it's buried, you know. Could be in the house somewhere, could be stored somewhere. And then the one woman said, oh, maybe that witch has it. And then the other dude was just like, oh yeah, could be the witch, maybe she's hiding some bones. I was just like, what witch? And then the guy was just like, uh, yeah, what's her name? Uh, Susie? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've met Susie. Yeah, her and, uh, her and Daniel in cahoots, you know. You know, she drives around town talking about rainbow gathering and all that, but, uh, yeah, she's into some, some fucked up shit. It's just like what, like the, you know, like Wicca or the occult or something. He was just like, nah, fucking something deeper and darker. And I don't know what, but uh, yeah, you might wanna not wanna deal with her, you know. And I was just like, well, she lives.
lives on the property, and she's kind of like my neighbor, you know? And then Jude was just like, yeah, I did hear about that. Did you? Yeah, they live together and all that. Well, if it's your property now, you can always kick her off, you know? And I was just like, I don't, uh, you know, it's not my, it's not my thing, you know? Uh, times are tough as it is, I really don't want to, like, fuck with anyone's homestead. And then the woman was just like, well, it's your homestead now, you know? It's one thing to be hospitable and let people crash, but, uh... You know, that chick Susie's into some fucked up shit, you know? You really want her to be doing that uh, in your neck of the woods? I'll be like, well, I uh, suppose not. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know her. I don't even know her. And then one of the loggers was just like, well, if you need help kicking her off, you know, we can help you out. And I was just like, um, you know, thanks for, but uh, no thanks. dropping the subject and then uh just started talking about the freaking seahawks or whatever but i still had trouble sleeping ever since not because of the rumors of my uncle or susie or the property but those noises outside of the house scratching, the, the thumping, the thrashing, the cracking of branches. I don't know if it was just my time in cities or bustling areas uh, really freaking me out. If there really so something was fucked up about these woods. I kept cleaning the house, uh... Not really, uh, talking to Susie or Herman or anything like that. I got into a rhythm of feeding the animals, you know. Found a storage of, uh, animal feed. None of them were really meat-based, so I don't think that, uh, proves true to the, uh, you know, the cannibal sacrifice thing. I did find a bunch of records uh, about the house. And there was a schematic. Uh, maybe the orchestration of trees was a little different uh, since it was originally drawn out, but... Uh, I have a rough view of it. So I walk around the property and I uh, just put in little pegs with little red ribbons on them just so I know where the uh, boundaries are. And as I'm putting the pegs in, it starts uh, start to feel a little bit sick, a little bit nauseous. Something that I was coming down with uh, when I first moved into the house, but I thought it was 
struck me as just some sort of like a stomach bug or something. But it really starts to get to me as the day as the uh, as the days move on and the as I spend more time at the house and at the property. everywhere except uh, Susie's plot of land, which is, as I learned, technically on Daniel's, or now my property. But I don't go down the hill or in the vicinity of where her shack was. And when I think about it, I think, you know, I think about having a conversation with her about a Perhaps her moving on. I haven't quite decided how long I want to stay on the Washington property, but I don't think having Susie around or whatever's happening uh, in these woods, you know, to be a part of that. I don't know if Susie has anything to do with it, but something's up and I don't like it, bottom line. sun starts to set a little bit. I, uh, I, uh, dispatch and roast some quail. But I can, and I season it and all that, but, uh, I can barely eat it. I just, uh, leave three and a half unbeaten birds, uh, just on my plate. I just feel really nauseous and sick. I run to the bathroom and I start to vomit. and My vomit's black and clumpy and slimy, almost like oil. And I look at it and I just think, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't look like... I didn't... What is, what is that? I'm disoriented and I can't think straight. It's like, no, I'm not hungover. I didn't drink a lot. A couple beers at most, but that's not... Ooh, I, don't know. I don't know what's going on. And I don't quite remember what happens next. But I wake up in my bedroom with a washcloth... Uh, Uh, Susie uh, knitting. She's humming to herself a nice little tune. I think it's something, I think it's one of uh, Chopin's uh, softer melodies, but who's to say? try to sit up and mutter something, but I can barely speak. And she, then 
she spots me, and she's like, oh, no, 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 don't get up, don't get up, lay down, just relax. And I just kind of say, what? And she was just like, uh, you know, I, I'm uh, pretty much a night owl, and uh, I uh, wanted to visit to see if, what you were up to, uh, but I saw you were on the floor, uh, like, halfway out of your bathroom, you know. I guess maybe you were spending your time uh, worshipping the porcelain god or whatever, but uh, yeah, I just brought you to bed with some candles, uh, trying to give you some medicine. Even as I recall now, it's still fuzzy. But I'm just like, oh, what? I'm just muttering. And she's just like, just go back to sleep. So apparently I do, because the next thing I remember, I wake up at like, uh, nine in the morning, the candles are out, and Susie's gone. It's the first time I woke up before noon, uh, since I've been here, you know. I start to feel a little better. As the days go on, uh, I still feel sick, nauseous. I don't know what it is. I try to. I actually checked myself into the hospital. And they popped in, and I popped in, and they didn't seem didn't seem like I was. There's anything wrong with me. stay there for a couple days to level out a little bit. And I come back, still nauseous, still vomiting. It only brought me more anxiety for whatever that hospital bill was, as if I would ever pay it. Susie starts to visit on a regular basis. I start to feel sicker and sicker. I actually start to notice some of my hair fall out. My skin becomes more coarse. Me and Susie have long talks. Uh, she sits by my bed and tries to help me out. And we've talked about uh, large gamuts of things. We talk about wildlife, science, uh, space, the nature of the universe, and all that. The sicker I get, uh, the more metaphysical our conversations become because. It really does feel like I'm gonna die, but I really have no way of knowing for sure. And she would just hang out in the house, uh, when she wasn't tending, taking care of me or anything. Cook herself food, uh, 
read, play music. Some nights I sleep okay, but other nights I can hear that uh, gurgling uh, in the forest. when I feel a little bit better when I can actually like walk around a little bit at this point Susie's like feeding the animals and taking care of the garden I imagine that she did this for Daniel and I'm surprised that she did uh, that he didn't give her the property you know going, going through uh, one of Daniel's bookshelves switch and I press it and then the wall pops open and there's a another bookshelf in it not many books but very old books for sure and I flip through them and wouldn't be accurate to say that they were about the occult or anything. Similar for sure. Definitely had uh, rituals and diagrams and whatnot. But there was something else about about it. Didn't quite seem human, you know. I've dabbled in uh, spirituality books, you know. Whether it's uh, some Western stuff, some Eastern stuff, uh, from African traditions and whatnot. I've never quite seen any uh, specific hieroglyphics like this. There are portraits, portraits of temples and architecture. As far as I know, didn't exist on Earth. Conversations. I didn't really know her at all. So as I'm flipping through these books, uh, Susie walks in. And she's like, oh, you're up walking around. And I was just like, yeah, uh, you're not usually uh, up this time of day, are you? 
she was just like, no, I had some uh, business to attend to in town. Some of Daniel's books, and I was just like, um, yeah. He was, uh, hey, uh, what a, so what a what spirituality do you practice, uh, Susie? And she was just like, uh, well, I don't think, you know, I don't think we know each other well enough for that. And then I said, well, I think we've had enough conversations, and you're in my house, so I'd appreciate it if you filled me in a little bit. kind of grunted and gave me a bit of a glare. And she was just like, do you really want to know? And I was just like, yes. Yes, I do. Then all of a sudden I feel a wave of nausea and a massive headache. Vomit in my mouth a little bit, and it's like that uh, that sickly oil that I was vomiting earlier. And then she said, "You know, species humans weren't the first intelligent species to be on Earth. You know, there are other races and other aliens." Uh, come to the planet before us and it's not the whole oh they built, built the pyramids thing no they didn't leave any ruins behind what they did leave behind was knowledge information things human could humans could never possibly fathom physics and matter, reaching immortality, or as far as humans could go with it at least. And since you moved in, I've been doing a, a set of spells from uh, that information that they left behind. taken several sets of civilizations to decipher it. And only a few selected swaths of humans today uh, really know anything about it. I vomit again and the black sludge uh, covers the floor and the tiles. like, I know about it. Your uncle knows about it. And I guess you know about it, too. That's the last thing I remember when I passed out. But when I did pass out, the one thought that I had was just like, what do you mean my uncle knows? as well. 
look at myself in the mirror and I don't even I don't even recognize it. Hair falling out. Face sunken. Definitely appear much thinner. And I look about 15 years older. So I just mutter very softly, uh, what the hell? up and look around and see a bunch of strangers in gowns, and I chuckle by myself, and I just say, oh, it's, uh, it's one of these, these, uh, one of these cults, doing some knockoff Necronomicon shit, and I see Susie, uh, wearing a gown that's more ceremonial, and I also see my uncle Daniel. try to speak, but again, words fail me. My uncle tries to take a guess of what I was going to say, and then he just says, uh, sorry, Joel, I didn't, I didn't want it to be this way, but, uh, I mean, this ritual with a, uh, with a family blood relative, you know, on my end at least. No one else in the family trusts me enough, and I thought you would be willing to come around. You're always a good kid, you know. You know, if we do this thing right, it'll uh, be painless in the end. And you might reap some benefits too. happening and then Daniel just chuckles and it's just like it's very simple we need to perform a ritual so we can get closer to immortality and we need a family member of one of us to be part of the uh not the sacrifice per se but uh will be going through immense pain in order for us to achieve our immortality. And as a participant in the ritual, you also get that immortality too, so you get to live a little bit longer. And you'll recover from the pain eventually, but uh, it'll certainly traumatize you for a bit. Again, as I speak of it now, my memory of the ritual is blurry. I remember the gowns, the candles, uh, some artifacts that look like uh, they're made from crude oil or stone around the circle. something from my vomit or something off this world or something not of this world at all or was my vomit something of this world and they all do a chant together it occurs to me that Susie probably cursed me somehow 
so I'd become sick, sickly and it would prep me for this ritual. The chant becomes louder and then I vomit more, more than I ever have in my entire life. Felt like I was emptying out all my organs, but it was just this sickly crude oil bile. gurgling once again. And I truly wish I could describe this sight to you. Calling it a monster is an understatement. And it was too dark to see its specific details. The only thing I remembered about it was its mouth and its teeth. Somehow I was hoisted up. I think it might have bit me. Perhaps I had some sort of limbs that could have picked me up or something. It seemed like something that was low to the ground, but it was so tall and so huge. And I do remember going into his mouth. And then all I remember is the darkness and pain. skin, penetrating, penetrating it so it scrapes my bones and my organs. I remember the digestive fluid filling up these wounds and then filling up my body. And then I remember disappearing, melting, disintegrating. From this strange otherworldly stomach acid. Since I spent most of the story sick and nauseous with many headaches, the only thing I remember vividly is the pain. of being devoured and digested by this otherworldly beast, and the pain of disappearing. That's why it's so confusing to me that I'm here today, telling this story. is parked nearby. The gas tank is full and I touch my body, I feel my skin. There are these little scars all over my body. Like 
these little scrapes and tooth marks. I could have swore that I was, that I died, that I was devoured, that I disappeared. Yeah, there I was, sitting in the middle of the woods, having no memory of what came after. I did for the entire drive uh, back out east was just thinking about that ritual, ritual and my uncle and Susie and the entire stay at that house. My uncle said that I'd have to go through immense pain, yet somehow I'd reap the benefits of immortality. So maybe that played a role in my survival. lifespan or what, but I truly hope I die someday, because I don't want to live with the memories of that pain anymore, with that trauma and torment. It really fucked my brain up. I've done other things and moved on in certain ways uh, ever since that stay in Washington. But I just can't associate with people institutions or other ways of living the same way anymore. I felt like a lot of my humanity was depleting. And a lot of my soul was hollowed out. I eventually moved back to Madison, Wisconsin. Life was okay there for a few years. And I'm still paranoid by the prospect of being on the west side of the Mississippi. It's painful to recall this story. All I knew was that I went through tremendous pain and torment, and I came out alive on the other end. Maybe not many people could say that, but that was something I could say. Anyway, I tell the story now because of a phone call that I received a few days ago. talking on the phone, and the way he spoke to me, he spoke to me in a way as if we've never met before. I don't know if he was in, in on the otherworldly occult practices or what, 
But he called to tell me that my uncle died. And that Daniel left me his 15-acre property. Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. I think that was the first time I ever did a uh, a long form story uh, without any breaks or a long form story that w uh, that wasn't divided into any parts. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Good night. I think uh, my cat Chartish liked that story. Yeah, she seems really, uh, really into it. <laughs>